And we're in the book Heaven by Ellen White. And we're at chapter 17, where it says it will not be long. <clears throat> Do you know what it's referring to where it says it will not be long? Yes, it's referring to the second coming of Christ. Okay. And the first sentence was very interesting. It says, we're homeward bound, the resurrection and ascension of our Lord is sure evidence of the triumph of the saints of God over death in the grave and a pledge that heaven is open to those who wash their robes of character and make them white in the blood of the Lamb. How is Jesus' resurrection and ascension sure evidence of the triumph of the saints? How is that? Because it, it gives us hope and it, it tells us that we can um, accomplish the same thing that we can uh, we can um, have that hope of the resurrection and spending an eternity with Christ and the Father okay anyone else <clears throat> how is the ascension and resurrection and ascension of the Lord sure evidence of the triumph of the saints she couldn't say that any better myself. Like you can be like him. It can, it can happen to us. Yeah. You know, and it's even written that if Christ has not been resurrected and ascended, then we all lost too. So the fact that he did do what he said he was going to do gives us assurance that his other promises are true. And he promised that those who wash their robes in the blood of the lamb will be in heaven with him. So we saw he came through on his other promises all throughout the Bible. So we have faith, as was said, that his other promises are sure as well. And Jesus ascended as a representative of the human race. So again, fully God, fully man, he's in heaven. We can be in heaven. Uh, the next part, it talks about there are homes for the pilgrims of earth. What else will there be for the pilgrims from, of earth? Robes for the righteous and crowns of glory and palms of victory. Hmm. Anything else going to go on? Some wings. Some wings. <laughs> I don't know about the wings for everybody. The little babies that said have wings, but I was looking at this next sentence after what Lakita read. Yeah. Because we talked about this before. Go ahead, Karen. Everything that has confused us, perplexed us, in the providence of God will be made plain and those things we couldn't understand, then we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be able to understand. Our understanding will be opened up. And uh, 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 we will see, because right now there is a veil between us and the spiritual world, but in heaven, that veil will be removed. And so we will see how all things work together for our good. Amen, amen. Yeah, the things that we're confused about or don't understand, especially the things that happen to us personally throughout our lives, different experiences, times where we prayed for something and we didn't feel like we got the answer we wanted or something happened to us and we wonder why God didn't bless us and keep us from it or why he allowed it to happen to us. So uh, all that will be open to our mind. It says we shall know that infinite love ordered the experiences that seem most trying. What do you think about that sentence? 
Why would infinite love order our most trying experiences? Well, for several reasons. One reason, so it will show us how far we've come from when we first started to believe. And then they'll show us how far we have to go from when we, you know, to, to become more like Christ. And then also help us understand our, um, our, our level of faith that we have and trust in the Lord. And it also drives us to God. You know, it drives us to talk to him more and to press towards him more those trying times too. We pray more sincerely. Hmm. Okay. Anyone else thoughts on that? About infinite, infinite love ordering our most trying experiences? <clears throat> Think about one of your most trying experiences that you've ever had in your life. One of the worst days, most depressing time, something where you really struggled and suffered. And then you want to know why that happened to you as a child of God, right? Well, those type of things are going to be explained to us. And it's going to be explained to us how God allowed that experience to happen for a reason. I don't know the reason. You probably don't know the reason either. But God's going to explain it to us. As the song says, we'll understand it better by and by. It's something right. I mm -hmm. go ahead. It's something I experienced in my past when I wasn't a child of God. He still allowed to happen, but I kind of know because I was in my simple ways. That's how I look at it. Okay. Well, I don't know that. Um, well, I'm, I guess the Lord do allow things to happen, but the way I look at bad stuff happening to us with Christ or without Christ, it's just that sin is on the earth, period. It's, it's here. People who love God, genuinely have faith and trust in the Lord, have died with the coronavirus because of sin being on earth and, and it's here. And not that he can't stop stuff. But sometimes it's just simply, uh, the Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And rain can be good. Rain can be good. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> it says, tells us that pain should not exist in heaven. Lord. Amen to that. No pain. If you're suffering any pain for whatever reason now, that won't be there in heaven. Uh, the the sentence at the bottom of paragraph 160.1, where it starts out, pain cannot exist. I thought that was an interesting sentence. Because it says, in heaven, one rich tide of happiness will flow and deepen as eternity rolls on. How do you think happiness can deepen any more than it would be at that time? I think as we learn more and more of the mysteries of our salvation and just the mysteries of, of, of life, um, we will hold our Savior in greater and higher esteem. And, and I think the more that we hold him in higher esteem, the happier we will grow to be. It just goes on and on infinitely because we will never, but I think the scriptures say we will never know the, the depth and breadth of God's love. But as eternity rolls on, we will gain it more and more and more. We'll never know it because we'll never know the full extent of it, but we'll, we'll gain more and more. 
Okay. Alvina, did you have a comment on that? How in the world can happiness deepen as eternity rolls on? No, it's like, um, Alvina, your phone is kind of acting up. Okay, can you hear me? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, I've said, you said, how can happier, happiness become deeper? Yeah. Because I guess the more you know, the more how much, I guess, you will experience and what you see, how great heaven is, it just gets better. Can't even imagine how. That's like a that. good point. The more we know, helps our experience to deepen, helps our understanding of it to deepen as well. That's a good point. Lakita, would I you? Think, oh, oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, oh, Karen. Okay. I think, too, sometimes when we experience things, the full magnitude of it doesn't settle in until later. And so I think the same thing with heaven, the full magnitude of it um, may not settle in all at one time. You know, and, and we may, it may be a hundred years later that we begin to really realize, wow, I, you know, I'm here. I'm really here. I really made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then that thing starts to just sink in. Yeah, that's true. It was settled in after, after forever. It, then it was settled in after forever. Mm -hmm. After forever. Does that make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> Lakita, what you have to say? Oh, no, I, I agree with both of them with what they said. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. That Because when you think of being in heaven, how much more happy can you be? But y'all made some excellent points about how it can deepen. You know, as eternity <laughs> rolls on. The next paragraph has a sentence says, let the afflictions which pain us so grievously become instructive lessons teaching us to press toward, forward toward the mark of the prize of our high calling in Christ. Is it easy for you to look at affliction and pain and trouble as an instructive lesson? Does this seem no. pretty easy? I don't no, know, because... like a miserable existence sometimes. <laughs> hmm. No, I think when we're in the midst of pain, we can't see the lesson we're supposed to be receiving from it. You know, but like sometime later, it may, you know, the Holy Spirit may be talking to us about it, or we may be talking to the Holy Spirit about it. And the Holy Spirit, you know, gives us an epiphany of, of I mean, that doesn't always happen, but sometimes that happens where the Holy Spirit gives us an epiphany of why we went or going through something or went through something. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's an answer to our own prayers. We just didn't realize that that was how God, the way God was going to do it. Because we had, like the disciples, we had our, our own notions of how God works and how he answers and, our prayers or should answer our prayers. And I think when we get to heaven, I think that when we meet God, we I don't think we're going to think about the fictions and the pains that we went through. Because we're going to be able to actually see what he went through, that, you know, the nail prints in his hands and stuff. And I think we will then think in terms of, uh, of uh, more of what he had to go through to get us there. I don't think we're going to be, you know, so concerned about our pain. We will always be able to see the pain he went through to save us. Hmm. Okay. Karen, you had mentioned sometimes there. 
affliction and pain is what we prayed for. Who in the world pay, uh, prays for affliction and pain? We don't pray it that away. We just pray for something in particular. And we have our own notions about how God is going to answer that prayer. We never expect it to be uh, 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 that we have to go through affliction and pain. We never expect that. But but that that's what happens sometimes. We have to go through that affliction and that pain. And, and it's an answer to our own prayer, the way God chose to answer our prayer. Hmm. Interesting thought. Sometimes we go through Also, sometimes we pray that no matter what it, the God has to do to get us like him, if he needs to <laughs> chastise us, well, we're going to go through some pains if he has to chastise us to get us right. <clears throat> hmm. Okay. And then, of course, sometimes affliction and pain comes because we didn't listen to what God was telling us to do. And, and that teaches us to, you know, follow the Lord, press toward the mark of our high calling in Christ. Because when we try it our way, it didn't work out and we end up in trouble. Yep. And that does teach us also. Mm -hmm. Branch, and I guarantee you one thing, if you want, if you want to pray, uh, find a sure way to find out some trial and tribulation, pray for patience. Mm -hmm. Have mercy. Yeah, you pray for patience. <laughs> the trials will come to teach us patience. Amen. You're sure right. And then it says, blessed are those servants who, when their Lord comes, shall be found watching. What is it telling us? What is it saying to us about be found watching? You know, like, don't take stuff for granted. Don't just, you know, um, you see all the floods, all the signs that God has said was going to happen. It's happening right now about, you know, the, the last days. And it's easy to become a scoffer. You know, oh, we've been having, you know, uh, earthquakes and it's been, you know, uh, this thing happening and that thing happening. So uh, the Lord is saying, don't just take stuff for granted, you know, that you, know, you want to be aware. And, and, uh, and if you don't watch, then we fall into um, the opportunity of missing, missing all of Jesus. Mm. Sometimes you can think he's not coming soon and he's not going to be here and I still got time for a little bit of a drink over here, a little thing over there, and I can, you know, repent before he gets here. Because we're not really applying the word of God to what's going on in life. Interesting thoughts. Karen, you had a comment? <clears throat> oh, no. Mm -mm. What does the scripture tell us to watch and do what? Watch and pray, pray yeah, and be also pray. ready. Because we don't know when the Lord's going to actually show up, right? So along with our watching, be prayerful. You know, when we watch and we see the signs being fulfilled, pray that we'll be ready when the Lord returns. Pray that we'll be looking for him to return. Pray that we can help others pay attention to the signs. A lot of times people see the exact same activity or incident or situation that you do, but they don't have the spiritual insight that you do. So it'd be nice to share that with them because we can see earthquakes and floods in diverse places, et cetera. And people just think, oh, that's just nat nature. You know, that's all that is. That's just nature. Ain't, it don't mean nothing. 
but we can share with them that it does mean something. And Jesus pointed those things out for a specific reason. And you can share that with them. So we need to be watching and praying and paying attention. Um, I think if we watch more, we'll see the signs more. I think when we allow the Lord to speak to us uh, through his Holy Spirit, then we'll be able to discern spiritual things that are going on around us. Things that are going on on this planet, they're not just happenstance. You know, this is part of the plan of salvation, part of the great controversy, and it's happening right here before our very eyes. Uh, paragraph 160.3, it says, soon the garments of heaviness will be changed for the wedding garment. What difference does that make? Why did they put it like that? Soon the garments of heaviness will be changed for the wedding garment. Because, you said you're wearing this on this earth. Yeah. Be I, for your well, I equate the wedding garment almost. I mean, if we if we refer to the the parable in the Bible, the wedding garment was Christ's righteousness, and so uh, we have no righteousness of our own. So that is that is the garments of heaviness. We have no righteousness of our own, but we'll be changing it for the wedding garment, which is Christ's righteousness. Okay. Anybody else thought on that? Is there any difference between the garments of heaviness and the wedding garment? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, we have the garment of heaviness on us. We're not recognized as righteous. We're not ready for heaven. We're like the man who he, he, he was given the garment, but he didn't put it on. He put on his own garment and went into the feast. And mercy. And what's, what's the symbolism of the wedding garment? Anybody know anything about that? Yeah, you prepare for the wedding banquet. Okay. And when we think of weddings, we've all been to weddings. You know, we've had weddings, been to weddings. What's the atmosphere at a wedding? Is it heavy <laughs> and solid? Festive, excited. Yeah. Festive, excited, happy, upbeat, celebration, right? Because we're about to witness the coronation of King Jesus. So that's going to be the change, like Alvina mentioned, having this, the evil earth and our own garments, our own righteousness, as Karen mentioned, exchange for the wedding garment of Christ. It's going to be a big change. You know, I used to, uh, Lakita, tell you this, I used to go to weddings just for the cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ooh, and I thought I was the only one who did that. Uh, Praise the Lord. So <laughs> we go just for the cake. <laughs> Yeah, but we're going to be going to witness the coronation of King Jesus. And uh, we'll be wearing the wedding garments, happiness, celebration, joy. You know, it's going to be amazing. And as we had talked about in the presence of Christ, all the trials and sufferings of this life on earth just going to end up being like nothing, like it never even happened. You know, and uh, we've studied about that a little bit before, that there won't be any pain and suffering and and we'll say heaven is cheap enough. Is that all I had to go through, you know, to get all this blessed eternity? It's yeah. not going to be anything for yet a little uh, while. Go ahead, Alvin. You can have your vegan cake. 
where yet a little while he that shall come will come and will not tarry. If it's taken Christ this long to come, how can it be said he will not tarry? Tarry means take your time, be kind of late. How can it be said he will not tarry if it's taken this long? Well, I think Elderwood is telling us that <laughs> God is coming, but he, we, we should already have his character on by the time he's headed this way. He's not going to take time to say, I'm going to change your character. You should already be done for that with Christ like him. He's coming quickly to get us out of this place so he can clean it up and sterilize it and bring the new heaven down. He don't have time to wait around for us to say, oh, wait a minute, can you give me another hour? I might get, get myself together. He's not, that's, God is bringing his reward, and he's coming to get us, and he's bringing it with us, with him. And we're going to be out of here. He don't have time to wait. <laughs> he's given us enough time as it is to study his word and to put on his character and to let the Holy Spirit lead us. And I think in the Bible it says, those who will be, uh, what is it, those who will be righteous or just will be just. Those will be, you know, he, we, our character is sealed when he's on his way. Probation is over. Hmm. Amen. So what was the question again? If Christ hasn't come yet, how can it be said well, that it will not, he will not tarry? Well, time for us is different from time for God, too, because it says, know you not that um, a day is as a thousand years with God, you know, and that means a lot of different things, but he's not, he's, he's giving us all the opportunity and chances to do, um, to do what, like she says, to be prepared and to be ready and stuff. But also too, um, the father, only the father knows when the time is up. Jesus doesn't even know that time. So when, I guess when the Lord, when, when the father says go, he's not going to wait around. He's going to jump on, jump on it and be here. Okay. Anyone else thoughts on that? How can it be said he will not tarry if it's taken this long? I don't see what more you can add to that. <laughs> well, uh, Lakita made a good point. Our time is not the, not the same as his time. You know, if you have a set schedule and you're meeting that schedule, you're not tearing regardless of what anyone else may think. You have a schedule and you're sticking to that schedule. So he's not going to tarry according to his schedule. And in fact, when we think of that it's taking this long for the Lord to come, <clears throat> that means he's even closer to coming now than it was before. So he tells us to be patient and wait upon the Lord. Wait, up, wait I say, on the Lord. Now it says in paragraph 161.3, it tells us that we can hasten his coming. How in the world can we hasten God's coming if it's already set on his schedule? Spread the gospel. Do our part. Yeah, you want to expound on that a little? Um, go out therefore. You said it this morning, remember? <laughs> go you therefore. I don't know okay. where you want me to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Vina in her succinct mode today. <laughs> Anybody else? How can we hasten Christ's coming? What I agree with it. You know, go out and share well, the good news of Jesus 
you know, return and developing our characters and allowing Christ to work through us. Okay, Patsy, what'd you say? I was agreeing with Alvina when he says go out and make uh, and, and and teach uh, to that would lead, every nation. That would lead Simon. That would lead Simon today. I would agree. Oh, with okay. Me. Okay. Then when he tells us to go out there and into every nation in Kenya, we have. I'm being honest. The Adventist religion. We're we're hitting these different places, but sometimes, and I'm saying for myself, we forget there's people in our neighborhood also that we see every day that we can say something and tell them about God. And, and some of them, you know, they see us getting up on, on Sabbath mornings and stuff. They're curious. And until you talk with them, they, ne- they kind of smile and they wave. But when you talk to them, they're like, oh, I noticed you be going to church, but I didn't know anything about, you know, other than you go to church on Saturday. And, you know, and then when you begin to tell them, you know, it's more than just a day, and you talk about Jesus in general, you'll find out that they're curious. They want to know more about Jesus. And, and I think that's what God tells us to do. Lift me up first. And I'll, you know, we're just planting a little mustard seed. God will water it. Hmm. Okay. I like those comments. Anyone else have thoughts about how we can hasten it? <clears throat> those were all true. Uh, very good comments. Uh, in that paragraph, we can hasten is coming. It says he does not say that all the world will be converted. He didn't say everybody's going to accept him as Lord and Savior, but that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. What's the point about for a witness mean? That the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached for a witness to all nations. Well, I know for myself, I get a, I think I've been on myself because I feel like if I'm talking to a person and I'm trying to give them Bible studies and I feel like if in my mind, I'm like, Lord, they're not where I think they should be. And I have to remember God didn't tell me to do that. He told me to plant the mustard seed. And be and, and continue to stay faithful on planting that little mustard seed that the Holy Spirit allows me to plant, that he will take and water it. So I think, you know, you take it kind of personal. You know, I'm working with this person, but I don't know if that person is where I think they should be, because it's not for us to decide that. It's just for us to say, I'm going to hang in there with that person. I care about that person. I love them. I'm going to keep studying with them. And the Holy Spirit and God is going to lead that person where they want them. And mm-hmm. also, um, for a witness, it's just like as Patsy is saying, once she's given the Bible study, now that word becomes a witness, a witness for them if they accept it or against them if they choose not to accept it. You know, this uh, be, people being presented with the word of God is showing what's inside of them and, you know, their obedience etc cetera, etc cetera. like she said it's not for us to, <coughs> to judge you know what's going to happen and stuff so well witness simply means that uh as a, as evidence that you know of what you have made a decision to do and no one will be able to say i didn't know good point uh-huh. and don't forget he said that some seed will fall on uh hard ground shallow ground you know everything is not going to stick 
the people have mm-hmm. free will. And they can re- they rejected the word straight out of Jesus' mouth, even after mm-hmm. seeing a raise of the dead. The rich young ruler rejected Jesus to his face. So we can This is not about us at all. Like Patsy said, it's all, it's only our job to be a living testimony and to plant that seed and let the Holy Spirit work. And the only mm-hmm. thing, our only job is to love. That's it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Karen, what's the legal understanding of a witness? Someone who uh, has firsthand, um, <coughs> um, firsthand uh, experience of what happened. So they're well, not like talking. That. They're not talking about it from a third person that told them. They saw it. They heard it. They experienced it themselves. I like that firsthand. So when we go out and we tell people what our <clears throat> what our experience with Christ is, you know, and being a witness, and it's going to happen all around the world, and as everyone has said, so that when Christ returns, nobody's going to be able to say, I didn't know, because there was the witness, and everything that's, uh, that happened is going to be written down. And we'll be able to look at the books and say, yeah, that person had the witness. You know, so it's very interesting. Uh, so by giving the gospel to the world, it's in our power to hasten the coming of the day of God. Now, look at this part. It says, had the church of Christ done her appointed work as the Lord ordained, the whole world would have the whole world before this have been warned, would have been warned. And the Lord Jesus would have come to the earth in power in great glory. Now that's saying a lot right there. How does that make you feel that had the church of Christ done their appointed work, Jesus would have already come to the earth? How does Depending that make on what you year I was born. Right. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Well, that, that, makes, that, that makes me feel too that it doesn't matter that maybe I can't sing like somebody. But God has something for me to do, and, he, and, and I owe it to my God for, for, for uh, dying on that cross that I can do something. To, to, to Even if I just tell somebody God loves you, there is something that I can do besides sitting around doing nothing. Because when I'm doing nothing, then I'm not serving God at all. I'm, I'm serving myself because I can come up with all kinds of excuses on why I can't do this and I can't do that. But we know through God, all things are possible. So God has something that everybody can do. I don't care if it's just picking up the phone and calling somebody. All right, make it plain. <clears throat> yeah, I think during the pandemic, it, it got to the point that, and I'm not saying, I'm, I can only talk about me. It got to the point, after that second day, we were, I guess, how you say, the country was locked down. And I was like, Okay, because I ended up straightening out my what I call my little sanctuary table. And then I start picking up books, and I'm like, wait a minute, I need to sit and start reading. And I was like, after that second day, I was happy to be locked in because I started reading more. I started concentrating more on things, and I was like, oh, I've been wanting to read this book by Ellen White. Now I got a chance to do it. But I said, you know, it just makes me look at myself and say, I may not be good at everything, but God, there's something you want me to do, and the Holy Spirit will lead it to, and I will do it to the, my best of my abilities because I'm willing. I, I, my heart is willing. Amen. 
<clears throat> Christ is looking for willing workers. You know, he'll give us the power, the authority, and the will to do it. He just, or he just wants us to be willing to do, uh, spread the gospel. So again, like Alvina was saying, depending on what year, we might not have been born. Yeah. But you know, that just a whole different part of history, you know, if you never were even born. So nothing to worry about. But now we have the opportunity to hasten the coming of Christ. And Jesus is not delaying his coming. He just wants as many people to be saved as possible. And as, as was mentioned, we have this privilege and opportunity to be a part of it by sharing the gospel, by being a firsthand witness to all the blessings and the good that God has done for us. Uh, where it starts out a little longer, paragraph 162.1. A little longer, Christ is coming with clouds and great glory. A multitude of shining angels will attend him. He will come to raise the dead and change the living saints from glory to go glory. He will come to honor those who have loved him and kept his commandments and take them to himself. He has not forgotten them nor his promise. There will be a relinking of the family chain. And when we look upon our dead, we may think of the morning when the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. So we all wanna see Christ return, right? We're sick and tired of this old sinful world. So let's again do our part to spread this gospel message so that it's heard around the world to every nation, kindred, and tongue. A little longer we shall see the king in his beauty. He will wipe all tears from our eyes. He will prevent, present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He's going to be exceedingly joyful to present us before his glory. And then it says, when these things, when he was talking about the signs of his coming, uh, he says, when these things begun, begin to come to pass, look up and lift your heads for your redemption draws nigh or his second coming is very close. So we need to be, again, watching and praying. It's only going to be a little while before Jesus will come to save us. You know, our loved ones who sleep in Jesus will come forth clothed with immortality and a voice richer than any music that ever fell on mortal ear. You know, any music that ever fell, you know, today at service, Beverly was just unbelievable. You know, those that heard her, that was beautiful music. But here, the voice of Jesus will be even richer than any music that ever fell on mortal ear. And he will be saying, come, you blessed of my father and here at the kingdom, prepare for you. Prepare for who? You. For you, for each one of us from the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? That's just amazing. I, I would love to hear Jesus' voice, you know, because we hear all different people. We hear different preachers and different pastors and different people talking to us, but no voice was ever richer than Jesus' voice. I just want to hear his voice just so I can hear that. The end is at hand. The coming of the Lord is nearer than when we first believed, like we just spoke about. He's not here yet. That means it's even nearer than we first thought. Every report of calamity by sea or land is a testimony to the fact that the end of things is at hand. Wars and rumors of wars declared. 
all those things that he mentioned to look for, all those things are going on now. So what are we waiting for? The only thing left is when those clouds roll back like a scroll and Christ returns. So there won't be any more time for us to try and get ready, try and get prepared to repent. When we see that cloud coming, the size of a man's hand getting bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter, that's too late to change. Now, it says long have you, go ahead. Well, I was gonna just say uh, mm -hmm. in the earlier paragraph where you asked the question, of, uh, well, you made the statement that if we had done our part, Christ would have long come. Mm -hmm. And so with the end being at hand, um, and, and, and of course, and of course that depends on our having been alive or being alive, uh, you know, I'm not um, unborn, but mm -hmm. that um, we're not ready. So how in the world have we, I mean, you know, understand what I'm saying? If we haven't gotten the world ready, then that means we're not ready, but the end is still at hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the end's going to come well, we regardless of we anybody. Don't, we don't ready. get the world ready. <coughs> we, we just give the message to the world. Right, we give the message. That's what I mean. We give the message, and um, and and uh, and had the the statement was, had we done our part, Christ would have already come. Well, I'm saying we haven't done our part because we're not ready. Mm -hmm. Have mercy. It's gonna touch on that a little bit further down too, which y'all were just mentioning about. Uh, actually, let's go to paragraph one sixty three where it says, long have we waited for our Savior's return, but nonetheless, sure is the promise, soon we will be in our promised home. Uh, saying, nonetheless, sure is the promise, he will come at his appointed time, and he's not waiting, as, he meant, as we read earlier, he's not waiting for everybody to accept, some people just not going to accept, but he gives everyone the opportunity to accept him as Savior. Uh, as we used to play as little kids, ready or not, here I come. Mm -hmm. Says in heaven, there will be, in heaven, we shall behold the undimmed vision, with undimmed vision, the beauties of Eden restored. That's something else I would like to see. What does the Garden of Eden look like? You know, they say that the hanging, hanging gardens of Babylon were really beautiful. And the gardens of Givenchy, France are really beautiful. And there are people even in St. Louis who have beautiful gardens, but they're nothing compared to Eden, the Garden of Eden. So it's going to be amazing just to see that as well. We have only a little time in which to present the truth for this time, the truth that is to convert souls. So Lakita was mentioning uh, our job is to present the truth, and it's the truth that converts souls through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we just have a little bit of time to do that. Uh, I think it was kind of alluded to also earlier that we don't know when our probation is going to end. Might end a few minutes from now. We just pass away for some unknown reason. So we don't know how long we have to present God's truth. So we should take full advantage of it. While we have this uh, opportunity, let's do our part. Let's let others know about Christ. Let's tell others of our personal testimony of what God has done for us. Let's take this little time that we have to share the love of Christ with others. 
And Patsy mentioned a lot of different ways that we can do it. We don't have to stand in the pulpit to give a message from the Lord. We just have to live a Christian life. We just have to share Christ with others. We just have to give out uh, the message of salvation through any means possible. Anyone have comment on those parts that we read? And you know, Elder, I think sometimes when we're sharing with other people, later on when we sit back and we think about it, God is blessing us too. Because when you're sharing something, you've got to be able to have it put in by the Holy Spirit so you can share it. So it not only helps them, it helps us too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, did you have something to piggyback on there? No, I just was agreeing with Patsy that, yeah, we, you know, it helps us to um, share our faith or our testimony with people. Yeah, there are people out there waiting to hear a word from the Lord. And again, it doesn't have to be verbal. I like what uh, Brother Richard says, uh, be be a witness for Christ. And if you have to, use words. Yeah, I think that's really important, too. We were talking about witnessing today, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Whenever I hear witnessing, not so much now, it's getting better. It used to be just the most annoying word ever because because to me, it meant doing something you don't want to do, you know, going someplace you don't want to go. And usually, you know, like everybody talked about how they used to love Endeavor. I never liked Endeavor. Primarily because it was always cold when I went out, you know, and stuff. And it was just too long, you know, and stuff. So people's personality come into play here. You know, some people like cold weather. You know, some people don't like cold weather. But I always love to sell magazines, you know, like at the stores. I had my little canvas, my little sayings and what I was going to say and everything. And it was just really nice, you know, making connection with people. I like that. But um, so to me, when you hear about witnessing and I, uh, the things that we don't want to do, things I don't want to do is the things that loom up in my head. But really, the things that I like doing, encouraging people, talking to people, you know, doing kind deeds, a nice thing for someone, you know, that's witnessing, too. You know, you, I mean, so I think uh, me and I was talking about it today, how for me anyway, Witnessing meant doing the very things I really didn't want to do, give a Bible study, you know, I have to do that every day, every week or something, you know, that's a little bit much. Uh, but some people love giving Bible studies, you know, and, and some people like that and everything. I don't mind, you know, like having, doing Sabbath school with a person on the phone. I don't mind doing that. Or even, like I said, making a prayer partner out somebody who doesn't believe in God. You know, I, I like those, but I never really consider that witnessing because that's something I like. And in my mind, witnessing is something you don't like. That's why it seems like everybody trying to admonish you to witness because they know people don't like it. <laughs> I know that's but not the, true. I and, know that's and see, I'm just, I'm just the opposite, Lakita. I can't wait to go home to Indiana because I know when we get done with church at Philadelphia Seventh-day Adventist, they're going to hand us them cans. Even in the pandemic, they're still going out. They just don't get up on people. But I can't wait to do in-gathering. But if you ask me, 
to sell a message magazine, I'd rather give you the money and write down the people I want you to send it to because I don't want to go out there. <laughs> one time I was selling um, magazines as a literary evangelist, and I really love being an LE. So I was out there in front. We, I was in East St. Louis. Sister Foley dropped me off at a liquor store, and uh, people was coming in and out, and uh, it was, and I was out there by myself with my can. I was doing it, girl. I was having me a good time, and it was, you know, I looked back over my shoulder. There was this big old tall guy. He was in the store, but you know, it was glass behind me. And so these two guys said, "Hey, I have a, um, I have a donation for you." But it's down at the car, you know, so it was way down the hill, right? Everybody else parking up by the store, they way down the hill. So I said, oh, okay, just go get it. I'll be here, you know, when you get back. No, no, you you know, come on and get it with us because we're not going to come back up here. So I said, no, you, you know, I was still canvassing people. You know, I, I was doing it. I just really enjoyed it. I think about it. I feel good right now thinking about it. <laughs> I feel so happy that day. I was just so happy. But, you know, the Lord just held me. I wasn't thinking about those guys. I was just doing my little thing. And then they laid hands on me. And they was one of them had my my uh hand with the can in it, right? I took the can out of my hand and held it in the other hand. Well, I kept canvassing. I didn't even pay attention to them. I didn't pull back. They was trying to pull me towards the car. I, I didn't pull back. I was just stood my ground and was canvassing people. And the people was ignoring them, but they were in the middle of doing whatever they was doing. And this big old guy came from home. He said, let her go. And they, they uh, looked up. He said, let her go and get out of here. This woman trying to do a good thing. And here y'all scoundrels up. Get away from her. So, you, know, you wasn't scared? I had no fear because the Lord was with me. And listen, yeah. while this guy was talking, I was trying to reach around him to say to people, hey, you know. <laughs> you can walk Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, he was just, it was just that that's what I call witnessing. Just so mm-hmm. full of joy. And those guys went on about their business. And I did thank the guy. It, at that point, I realized that was dangerous. That wasn't a good mm-hmm. thing to happen, right? You know, so I said, Oh, thank you, sir. He said, No, you go on and finish your work, right? I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. And see, at, at home, and at home when we together, we get to give our literature. And yeah. I have not, I don't know anybody that does not take the Adventist literature when we out there in gathering. We have, I've never, even when I grew up doing it with my sister and us uh, kids in the neighborhood, and even when we got to be teenagers, everybody would take that literature and they would give you a donation and they would be like, I'll see you next week. And we just be like, as teenagers, we just like, oh, don't say that because our sister going to make us go back out there next week. But it was just so much fun because you met different people. And some of the people, they just needed somebody to talk to. Yep, I think yeah, that's that true. And that just points out that there's as many ways to witness as there are bones in the body. <clears throat> you can always find, way. find something that you enjoy doing that's representing Christ. You know, that's telling people some way, somehow about Christ, about his love. And remember, Jesus said, even if you just give somebody a cool drink of water in his name, he said it's just like doing it for him or doing it to him. So as long as we're doing it in the spirit of, of love and of Christ and of faith, that's witnessing, you know? Why on, 
<clears throat> Why on a hot day, I had my lemonade bottle for my lemon flavored water. And he was a guy at the bus stop. And he was like, I started trying to witness to him. He's like, I'm thirsty. Can I have it? I said, I already drank that today. Oh, I had my shot. You know, it's like he was in desperate <laughs> need. I was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> then I had another one. And then I went ahead and gave that to him, too. I mean, I didn't drink out of that one. Amen. But I didn't have nothing to drink, and I was hot and thirsty. I was like, okay, he, ha- I had mean to get more. He probably didn't have mean to get anything. Yeah, that's witnessing. You're showing love. <laughs> so why didn't you just give him the one that you hadn't drank out of and kept the? No, up? no, I was gonna hold that. I said, well, here you have this. You know, he saw it, and I forgot about the other one. He happened to get on the bus with me, and I saw. I said, man, I might as well give him this one. I wasn't trying to do that on purpose. He, I was in my hand drinking it. You know what I'm saying? It was like I wasn't trying like that. I didn't know he was going to ask for it. <laughs> yeah, there's many ways that we can exemplify Christ. Many ways. And uh, on paragraph 164.3, a central part of the gospel, the preaching of Christ's second coming, the announcement of his nearness is shown to be an essential part of the gospel message. Why would that be? Why is it said that's an essential part of the gospel message? The gospel message is salvation through Christ. Why is his second coming important? Because that's part of the three angels' message, and it lets the people know (laughs) there is an urgency to this. There is, you know, the time is now to get ready. Mm -hmm. And without the second coming of Christ, and it'll be easy for a person to say, once saved, always saved. I mean, you know, we just, there is no judgment. You're just going to be living and, you know, we're going to live the way we've been living. And we that's all it is to it. And I think another, when it says the essential part of the gospel, the gospel is to serve the the, the serve Jesus, God the Father, who created the earth. So in the gospel, you can't get around the creator. Because if you don't have the creator, then what do you have? You have the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And, and that's why we've got to get out there and spread the gospel. Let them know. <laughs> we just didn't exist. God, it says, in the beginning, God created. And if people don't, don't believe that God created it and that we just happened along, then we got work to do for God as part of uh, as spreading that gospel message that we have a living Savior who did this, not no wind that blew, a, blew, blew us out of whatever. <laughs> yeah. Some people yeah. just don't want to listen. They want to stay in their sin. They don't want to be judged by anything. So they just want to do what they want to do. So they said, well, I'm just going to just do me. If there's a God, oh, well. That's it's very like true. Very true. So that's also part of it is why we need to let people know there is a judgment coming. You know, you don't just get to do you and that's it. There is a judgment coming. There is a choice between eternal life and eternal damnation. And we're to let people know that they need to make their decision before it's too late. Talk, pray, believe the Lord is soon coming. Talk it, pray it, believe it. Make it part of your life, of our lives. We should be filled with joy at the thought of Christ soon appearing, right? Mm-hmm. And we're called yeah, we to wait cheerfully. The Lord is soon to come. We must be prepared to meet him in peace. We waited long, have we waited, but our faith is not to become weak. It's very easy to get tired and just say, oh, ain't nothing going to happen. 
you know, he hasn't come yet, so he's probably not coming. We're not called to speculate about when Jesus is going to come. We're not to be concerned or worried about or trying to calculate speculations in regard to the time of season, which God has not revealed. I think Lakita mentioned earlier, only the Father knows the exact day and time. So we want to, we don't want to get caught up trying to say, oh, Jesus is going to be here. And based on my calculations, he'll be here next year or two years or five years. And neither are we to put off his coming by saying, eh, he ain't going to come for a good 50 years. Leave the time periods alone. Just know that he is coming. He's promised to come. And he is faithful who has promised. God has never failed us yet. He's never broken a promise. And we have to remember he's promised to come. And we want to be ready and waiting for him to say, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. Amen. Amen. Okay. And be sure, as we've been talking about, share this good news with others. It is good news that Christ is soon to return. Let's share it with others. Well, some people are good news. Some people are bad news. <laughs> We're looking at it as good news and we want others to see the good exactly. news as well. Okay, we'll wind up with the word of prayer. And we'll, uh, Karen, before we pray, what's uh, next week? Testimonies? Yeah, next week we're in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 88, about reform dress. Uh-oh, Volume Ooh, 1, that page was a good 88. That was a good chapter. Amen, <laughs> amen. That will be a good chapter, Patsy. <laughs> we'll you, know, you know I'm ahead. That's why I, I, know, said, right, I said that I was know. a good chapter. I know. <laughs> Good. Everybody read up so we can be prepared to discuss it. And again, invite someone else to join us. <clears throat> As I mentioned before, it doesn't matter if they come or not. Just invite them and let the Lord worry about whether they show up or not. Mm -hmm. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer and close out. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the blessing of having your testimonies and your prophecy, words of prophecy to us. Thank you, dear Lord, for allowing everyone to join us. Thank you for the interest being shown and continue to be with us, Lord. Help us to share this gospel message with others, witnessing through any means possible and letting others know that you are soon to return and that they should be prepared to meet you as well. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.